this week's episode of The Shape of Film, brought to you by Heath Film and Photo Studios. For all your podcasting needs, you can always contact me, Brennan Heath, at Heath Film and Photo Studios, because we now offer studio time for everyone out there that wants to start their own podcast. You pay a small monthly fee, and not only do you get the producer to produce your podcast, but you also get the equipment needed to create your podcast. Uh, Plus, if you want to upgrade a little bit more, you can get recordings, video recordings of your podcast as well. So they give you the tools to create your podcast. They produce your podcast. They edit your podcast. And if you want to add visuals to your podcast, they do that as well. So go over to HeathFilmAndPhoto.com and reach out to their team, i.e. me, and get you set up. But in this episode of The Shape of Film, we discuss biofilms, uh, probably my favorite um, genre of movie, uh, bioflix. So you, we just talk about where they're headed right now, where biofilms are headed, some of our favorite biofilms of all time. Uh, and then we, we actually get into a deep discussion of a number of movies, uh, a number of films that we didn't even know were biofilms, but they actually are. Spoiler alert, The Sound of Music, biofilm? Really? I guess so. So please enjoy this episode of The Shape of Film. Hello and welcome to episode three of the heavily anticipated podcast, The Shape of Film. My name is Brandon Heath, and I am the hostess with the mostess. And remotely on the line, I have my older sister, Kirsten Heath. Hi, guys. And my younger sister, Dr. Nicole Heath. Hello, hello. And in this episode, we decide we're going to talk about biofilms. Yes, biopics. Movies that are about significant people or maybe not significant people's lives or maybe a small portion of their lives. But the first topic we're going to get into about biofilms is what is a biofilm? What What is considered a biofilm, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. Yay or nay? Uh, I don't know. I don't think... I mean, I think there's definitely room. Like, every every genre of film, there's definitely room for... Wiggle room for different interpretations. But I do think, out of all of them, it's probably the most explanatory one. Biopics is about somebody. Yeah. Right? So it's usually those going to have that little base on a true story or this really happened. So it's fairly straightforward but you know as again it gets a little messy yeah i mean there's a going through the list of just you know looking at some of the top ones um most of them is about people's lives but some of them you do have just like a small aspect of this person's life you know what i mean like maybe the most significant thing they did and it's just about that or maybe later life and when they got you know when they did Whatever they did, it's just a small portion of that or whatever the case may be. So that's still considered a bio film if it's not about, you know, their whole life. It's just about a small portion of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that some people, it just highlights the, you know, the noteworthy part of their life. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it could also be like ensembles and groups like uh, straight out of Compton where you have the five heartbeats where it can be oh, a group yeah, of people yeah. and, and, and their story too, not just one person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's telling their li- yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's a see, that's a good one because it's telling their lives, but the whole group or whatever the usually it's a musical group or whatever the case may be, but the whole group's lives, but the small portion of their life, just like the part when usually movies like that, like the music, it's like when they got to how they got together, and then their up and downs while they were together, and then if they split up and did their own solo lives and talk about that or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that's good. Um. I think that even with those though, it tends to it tend to focus around one particular character more yeah. so than others. Yeah, I true, mean, true, true. they do highlight everyone's lives. I'm thinking about the Temptations. Like it was mainly about was it Otis? Was it Otis? You know, it kind of highlights one person. Yeah, it tells everyone, but it kind of starts with one person. Yeah, same thing with Shredder Compton too. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, who was wait? Who would you say was Shredder Compton though? Dre. Yeah, it was mainly it was mainly Dre. Um, it started off with him, you know, him in the basement doing stuff, him and his family life, things like that. They were heavily leaning on to Dr. Dre. And and Easy A, like they, they it was kind of like a memorial. Yeah. Um, and Ice Cube, yeah, it was like three of them. Yeah, it, it was definitely like an ensemble. But I'm talking about early on in the movie. It was heavy Dre. You know what I'm saying? It was heavy Dre and and Easy A. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was heavy easy. Yeah, it was heavy easy. But um, but yo, so I'm, I don't, I don't know, but I'm looking at these movies. This may be my favorite type of movies. I love biofilm. Just going through the list of ones that I'm looking at, like there's so many that I love. I'm like, is this my favorite thing? Because y'all know my favorite movie of all time. Do I? Do I know your favorite movie of all time? Yes. Not What's my next. favorite movie of all time? Oh yeah. Malcolm X. Yes, Malcolm X. And that is a biofilm. And I love that movie. The Social Network, love that movie. What's Love Gotta Do With It, love that movie. Ray Charles, love that. Then the white version of Ray Charles, Walk the Line, love that too. I really think we need to throw some respect on that movie and stop calling it white Ray Charles. And I, and I say that because I guess we'll get into it a little later. But, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a trend in the storytelling <laughs> that goes into films about artists yeah, yeah and i don't think we can just look at those two films and say oh they looked at ray and said let's do that for johnny cash i think it's kind <laughs> i feel of like, like it did though i feel like it did the <laughs> order like, in which i, I mean like obviously the order in which things happen is how it happened but like i don't know like the way everything was shot the everything was just so identical both I, really I good movies know. i think that's i think it's mainly ray charles came ray came out and then you know, this came out, and because it, Ray was so in our mind, we're like, oh, it's a copy off of Ray, when really it's kind of just a copy off of every artist in the, you know, 20th century. All right, well, so let, let's let's just go with who was the better musical artist, okay? I think we can all agree <laughs> there. Ray. So he wins the best biofilm out of Walk the Line and Ray. <laughs> I agree. <Okay. laughs> mm. uh, what else we got? Yeah. Oh, The Social Network, too? Oh, that's a good one. Love that movie. Um, what else we got on here? Oh, I was. Re- oh, you know what? The, okay, so there's a few that I say. First, I'm going to talk Moneyball. Absolutely love that movie. I, I just still feel like I know a lot of people talk about it and stuff, but not as much as they should. That is such a beautiful <laughs> movie. I love that movie. Cool. Did you see Moneyball? 
Yeah, I did. Did I you did. like it? I did like Moneyball a lot. Yeah. What an amazing piece of film. I love that movie. It was so good. Yeah, and I didn't think it was actually going to be that that great. Me either. And I came and I saw it and it was actually pretty, pretty good. Yeah, the movie's no, I, amazing. I enjoyed that film. I also enjoyed that one. I think it's more of an underrated film. Yeah, it, um, no, it's but, definitely underrated. It's 100% underrated. Because the, yeah, the movie was just... A quieter off. film, too. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. But it was just, I don't know, something about it. They like They made the sport of baseball seem like romantic. You know what I mean? They made it seem so passionate like they gave so much drama into it. i don't know it was just it was really good but can, but can i go back to when you were talking about ray and walk the line yeah i don't know if you want to segue now but there's so many tropes that's found in in themes or similar stories almost that's found in those type of biopics where it's like that person dealt with addiction somehow, and then they rose or they didn't rise to the occasion. Like there's so many similar tropes across these uh, biopics that mm. we discussed or that we're going to discuss, like addiction or abuse, physical abuse, um, the system or whatever, I guess, entertainment or sports, somebody that's like, they, they, they have to get over one. I'm thinking of like, why do fools fall in love and Ray yeah, yeah, yeah. and so Selena, like they all these people either went through addiction or they had some type of, of abuse or manipulation. Like in Selena, it was her closest ally friend, like her um, I think Nikki it, it, it was like her PR person, I think, who like it was like the embezzled all this money. Fan club. Right, right, right. And so you see these same tropes and these same themes in a lot of these biopics. Um I mean, it's riveting because it, it kind of gets you into, like, their story. Same with Malcolm X. Like, this kid was dealing drugs. He was just in and out of jail. Yeah. And then he turned his life around. But not every story ends with such a, you know, he turned his life around. That's not always the case. In yeah, yeah. Stories. But I think that's, that's what makes them great. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that's the case for a lot. Well, yeah, I guess not just music. I was going to say music. That's the case for a lot of music biofilms, but there are a few others that um, it, it does have the same similarities uh, across from them. But um, looking at the list here, there's there's a whole lot that don't as well. Um, I've got movies like The Last King of Scotland. I love that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think, well, I think each type of biopic has its own tropes. Yeah. Like the biopic about the entertainer, you always got to go and find that, you know, their early passion for music and their humble beginnings, you know, it always starts off that way. Yeah. And then whereas the political one, I mean, depending on which political figure they want to, you know, talk about, it can go anywhere. And I think that's what you see with, you know, The Last King of Scotland. It's going to be a very different biopic than that of, you know, Margaret Thatcher's The Iron Lady. So I think, political biopics probably have the most wiggle room yeah you know you never really know where they're gonna go yeah. whereas with entertainers i mean at some point they gotta have a catalyst to fame right because that's how that goes yeah yeah um what do we got on here we also got um oh rocket man recently came out does anyone see rocket man you know <laughs> and we can talk about this 
The biopic with musicals. How do we feel about that? Because that was one of my biggest, I don't know, reasons as to why I was not eager to see that movie. Yeah. I mean, when I heard biopic, I was like, all right, we just had a great one last year with Queen. I was going to say, that one was a really good one, but that wasn't a musical. But then this one, and they're like, oh, it's going to be a musical. And I said, musicals are are hit or miss i feel like there's no musicals that's like "Eh, that was all right besides la la land besides that all musicals are either really good or really bad to me well you know what i can think of a musical slash biopic i guess this is this can be considered a biopic and that's the sound of music Honestly, because it shows you about the about the Von Trapp children, which is a real group. That was a real story. Um, I mean, they they changed a lot in that story. But I was going to say, was that was oh, that really their lives though? Yes, they were. Their the father summer. was. Yeah, their father didn't want to be like an SS. He didn't want to work for Germany. That's a mm. real story. Mm. Um, and that's a musical. And I think that's the best biopic slash musical thing I've I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Well, I I mean, so I would, oof. I mean, yes and no. Right up there for me is uh, Funny Girl. Um, Funny Girl is, mm. it was, I think, initially a play, I believe. Yes, it was a play. Um, and it's the story of Fanny Bryce. Now, that one may just be one of my favorites. You know, this is the movie that made Barbara Streisand a star, gave her her Oscar. Um, and I think that one, because the way it weaves the music in is really awesome. Yeah. Whereas Devon Trapp, I mean, the Sound of Music, I, th- I feel like that one, maybe because of the changes and the historical inaccuracies, I see it more as just a fun musical than a biopic. Like I think when they were going in to produce it, they weren't saying, guys, we really got to capture this amazing story. <laughs> I think it was more, let's sing some songs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So for me, that one kind of sits, you know, towards more, it's just a fun film. It's more of a how do you say it based on a true story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> it's a true story, and that's why for me, I'm like, thank you. There's a bi- it's real people, but thank you as a biopic is kind of like uh, it's a bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. Can, yeah. can, can I just say I abhor Nikki for bringing up Barbara Streisand? <laughs> why? Why are we bringing up that lady? Because she is ridiculously <laughs> talented, and because. Funny Girl is one of the best musicals. It was one of the last of the greats because musicals had really, you know, took it a dive. And it is a great film. Have you seen Funny Girl? I've seen bits and pieces and you struggled with, just with that. <laughs> I have not Funny seen Girl. Funny Girl. You should you watch, 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 watch Funny Girl. You'll fall in love with the music and you'll realize why everyone in the 60s said, oh my gosh, Barbara Streisand's going to be a star. Yeah. It is a great and similar to Malcolm X. Little fun fact: similar to Malcolm X, Denzel Washington had played Malcolm X before he did the film role. And same thing with Barbara Streisand; she had played Fanny Bryce on Broadway, mm. and then did the mo- movie and got an Oscar nom and win. So it's it's so it's so a phenomenal. Coo, wait, let's let's backtrack here. Coo, what's your beef with Barbara Streisand? She's just. The most annoying person I think I've ever heard on TV. <laughs> oh my god! In television and media. Um, wow. I don't know who wow. her star. The most annoying. Let me let, let me let me throw a name out there. Would you put her as more annoying 
than Rosie O'Donnell. Oh my god! No, 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 nobody can be more annoying than Rosie O'Donnell. There you go. She's like the bottom of like the barrel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have listen as as Brandon loves to say. You have to separate the art from the artist. Yes, and very true. Argument. What an amazing quote. Really, really very racist. That 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 argument makes very sense. But Barbara Streisand. I'm not saying listen to her interviews. Read about how she keeps cloning her dogs. I'm saying watch a movie that's really great. Yeah. Wait, what? I knew it. Well, listen, I recently watched Miles Ahead. I don't know if anyone's seen that yet. That was um, uh, that was Don Cheetah who played Miles Davis. Well, I I seen the film and I love Miles Davis, love Don Cheetah, but the film didn't hit. Uh, they they only showed a small portion of Miles Davis's life, um, the uh, the end of it, and they did uh, small flashbacks to his his first or yeah his first wife. So it was just I don't know they were going for something I just thought they missed. Um, Miles Davis is a character like he was a. The one of the craziest geniuses out there. So they they could have did so much with a Miles Davis biopic. I I feel like down the road they're gonna redo that and do it right, or at least I hope they do. I mean, I think that one of the issues they get into with when you're covering musical artists is yeah. you know make sure they get all the music, the rights to the music. Yeah, I mean that can be like a honestly, I think it's a make or break. Yeah, um, I know. There's a lot of there's always these musical biopics that fall away. I think this was definitely one of them. Um, I think Don Cheadle actually directed this one too. Yeah. Um, but remember, a few yeah, it was years his back, baby. He, well, he was a yeah. He he did the screenplay and he produced it as well, and he directed it. Yeah. What there was one um the one with Jimi Hendrix with uh, Andre. Oh, Andre. I actually liked that. I'm not gonna no, lie. So, I actually enjoyed it. Well, and I was going to say on that one, I think everyone's like, oh my gosh, Andre 3000 is perfect casting for Jimi Hendrix. That was low budget, But the budget, issue though. with that one, why I think it just kind of fizzled away, was because they couldn't get the music. And they didn't have the budget. You know, huh? It didn't have the budget at all. It was low well, budget. Well, the budget, but I mean, I don't know if they just couldn't afford the rights, or even if the people who had the rights would give it to them for the right amount of whatever it is, they couldn't get the music. And how are you really going to tell the story of an artist so big and legendary without their music yeah you know i mean it's it's difficult yeah but i know kirsten you mentioned selma before and how the speeches of selma weren't actually mlk speeches right right yeah they weren't <laughs> so a lot of it i feel like a lot of these biopics though i mean i know you had brought up about the sound of music, how they change a lot of the history, but that could be said for a lot of biopics. I mean, that's Hollywood. That's, you know what I mean? You're going to change a lot of things. That's just how they do. Yeah. They try try to make it, they try to make it more entertaining and stuff. But what I think Nikki was coming at is they didn't go into it. Like, Hey, we're going to tell the story of these kids lives or whatever. You know what I mean? They just went into it. Like, Hey, let's throw, these interesting children in a movie in a movie with some amazing music you know what i'm saying it was like one of those yeah no 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 yeah and, and that's what i'm saying if you want to see that as a biopic i obviously don't see the sound of music as, as a biopic i see yeah. it more of just a musical but i'm looking at other biopics and when people reference biopics and that could 
a footfall in there just because of it's looking at a group at a certain point in their life or in their career. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all right. Well, so, how are we defining biopics? How do we do that? Well, I don't. I don't think this is something that needs defining. Does it? You you think it needs defining? I mean, I feel like every genre kind of has some loose rules of what is biopic. Like, I mean, again, it's something that can somewhat be self-explanatory. Mm. However, I think we do have examples that kind of toe the line of, is this truly a biopic? Like what? I think we get those films. Well, so one, I would say one of my favorite films, Schindler's List. Mm. Is that a biofilm? Are we saying that's a biopic? I never, I, I honestly never thought of it as a biofilm until... Um, right before we started recording, I think Ku said something about that being a bio flick. And if it is, which which is on the li- I'm seeing it, it's on a few of lists that I've pulled up. Um, and if that's the case, then it's an amazing bio film because I love that movie. <laughs> well, I'm saying, and that's when there's other, like, why would you not consider Schindler's List a biopic? Or why does it not at least come to your mind when we think biopics? I think the story, um, at least for me, when I think of bio films, I think of the story mainly being about the person. This was so much bigger than um, the person that they are talking about. Uh, this was the Holocaust. It was like, you know, mass genocide. So just the the fact of what was going on, the terrible acts that was going on just trumped it, any one person that I just, for me, it didn't give me the biofilm vibe. It wasn't your traditional biofilm. Let me say it like that. I actually agree 100%. I, I feel like what was going on wasn't just the background. I feel like that overweighed Oscar Schindler's story. And yeah. I and I'd see, I see why that people would list it as a biopic because you do see him um, even before he took the, the Jews. Uh, you see him a little bit in the film and then you see them with the Jews and then you see his life a little bit after and his death, you know, at, at the at the end. Yeah. Um, so I can see why it's listed as a biopic, but I feel like the Holocaust and what happened overshadowed. Um, it took it took priority yeah. over um, his story. Yeah. Well, Although it is Schindler's List, obviously, but it's more about the people and what was going on about. Exactly. Behind. So I, I do agree with CJ. Exactly. With and then another example of a biofilm that what was going on was bigger than the person, but somehow the director and the actors made it, they just, or maybe the way it was marketed, uh, it was marketed like, no, this is a biofilm that's about this. Uh, I think a 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave is a biofilm, but it didn't, it seemed like a biofilm. It didn't, it, and it was this guy that was taken, torn away from his home and, and thrown um, into slavery and he was born a free man so that is obviously still horrible situation and that situation is greater than any person but that movie seemed like a biofilm to me you know what i'm saying well i mean that both movies are biopics yeah i mean 12 years of slave is a biopic uh, similar to Schindler's list it's based on history a real character it's based on the his actual memoir about his life as a slave yeah and i mean as far as schindler's list the movie begins with oscar schindler and it ends with his death i mean i know the the circumstances he's in it shows something that's bigger than him but that doesn't mean the story isn't about what he did during that time so it's very much 
Yeah, no, no, no. We're not saying, at least I'm not, I didn't know it was a biofilm. So now that I know it's a biofilm, I'm not denying it whether it's a biofilm or not. Facts remain that it is a biofilm. I was just pretty much saying it doesn't give me the biofilm vibe. And the reason why it doesn't is because of how big the, uh, how big the, the, the story was. You know what I'm saying? How, How big, what was going on was so bigger than any one person. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that, and I guess that's what I'm saying. Quantify what is the biopic vibe. Like, I mean, we think of a similar movie and the, and the fact of the setting, The Pianist, you know, phenomenal film. Love oh, that film. love that movie. Um, I also think that's a film that people don't reference or oh, think yeah. about enough. 100%. But that film is also a biopic. Mm. It's talking about things that totally went, that again are bigger and larger, but it's very much a biopic as well. So I think I, 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 I think big the story detracts from the fact that it's telling one person's story. That now it may have other people in there, but very much a biopic. Yeah. So so when you when you first saw Schindler's List many many years ago, many moons ago, did you watch it and think, oh, that was a really good bio flick film, whatever. I mean, yeah, I was kind of shocked by what him losing it at the end. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing for classification. Not so much that, well, how did you feel? I felt like it was, I know we say that this is a movie about how that guy, that guy saved a whole bunch of Jewish people during the Holocaust. Yeah. That was always a tagline, that movie. But I, I get what you're saying that some people look at it and say, oh, this is a Holocaust film. Not an Oscar Schindler Holocaust, film, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just think it's still biopics can just be about the person during that specific part of their life. It doesn't have to be, you know, the old Charles Dickens way of he was born this day and then he died, and that's the whole film. Yeah, you know. Well, can we just quickly say Russell Crowe may be the father of biofilms? The father. <laughs> <laughs> just because just because the few that he did I seen and they're utterly amazing. You know what I mean? Um A Beautiful Mind. What an amazing movie. And one of my favorite movies of all time, Cinderella Man. Oh come on. Enough said. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, that movie is a lot. It's it's just so. Um, cool. did you see? Please tell me you saw Cinderella Man. Yes, that's like my number two or number three favorite one. But see, okay, you're you're gonna say Russell Crowe is the father of biopics. Well, I'm gonna tell you his brother in the king of biopics. For me, it's gonna be Den- Denzel because of Malcolm X and the Hurricane. I mean, I feel like. He's a really good biopic. I mean, they don't have a lot, but Denzel does so many good just character study movies, period, where it's like it might not even be a true person, like Flight. It might not even be a real person, yeah. but that just felt like it just feels so real. Like you feel like Denzel is really him. Yeah. Like, when I watched Malcolm X, I felt like that was really him. Or even John Q. John Q is definitely not a biopic at all in, 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 in any means. But you felt for this like father. Yeah, I don't know. He's just a great actor. So. Yeah, yeah. Or well, we know, can we can also nominate 
um, Will Smith for the amazing job he did on Ali. Don't, no, no, <laughs> don't say that. No, oh we're gosh. not. No, we're not going to say that. We're not. We're never going to say that. Actually, oh no. my gosh. They look a bunny bun. They look at me. Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa. You know what? Here's it. I feel like with that movie, it's always going to get so much hate from certain individuals simply because he did the whole Muhammad Ali accent and voice. And I think that's a part of doing a biopic is trying to capture the person, you know, you are acting. Yeah. So, I mean, Truman Capote, I tried to watch that movie and I was viciously denied by <laughs> someone on the podcast because the late, great uh, Philip Hoffman Seymour, Seymour Hoffman, I can never get his names right, but he did the Capote voice. And it's not a pleasure. Oh. <laughs> but that's, oh. but that's how know? Capote really <laughs> sounded, though. Yeah, and that, oh. I feel like that's what you need to get into. Oh. You know, in most cases. Not, let's, you know, not all the let's, let's give our audience a, a little background story here. My older sister, Kirsten Heath, does not like voices when people when actors <laughs> try to do voices <laughs> she doesn't like when actors try to do voices of famous people especially when those voices, voices are a little unorthodox accents mm. yeah it's accents. whatever no not, no not just that i don't like bad <laughs> like you guys come on it's just bad. listen 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 capote philip seymour hoffman did really good with Capote. He sounded exactly like him, okay? That's A. B, Ali, okay, a speech, a film speech expert, expert, said that Will Smith did a phenomenal, amazing job on Ali. Given the fact that he had to also learn and get his body in shape for the role as well. I mean, come on now. The guy did an amazing job. Shout out to you, Will Smith. If you ever want to come on the show, we'll be more than happy to have you on The Shape of Fire. Are we? Are we? Happy to have you on. And we'll, and we'll ask him to speak with uh, Muhammad Ali's voice. <laughs> well, that's the episode that I won't be a part of. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, uh, I agree. I think you hit on two things. One, you know, trying to capture the actor. That the, the, the person you're trying to do is important, even down to the voice, though it may be annoying yeah. to some. But also, you mentioned something that we didn't get into. We mentioned entertainers and we mentioned politicians, but the sports biopics are also important because yes. it forces people to get into the physical body yes. of whoever they exactly. play. I mean, yes. How many boxing films do we get? Probably the greatest being. Surprisingly, not Cinderella Man, but the Raging Bull. Let's be real, Raging Bull. Watching yeah. De Niro transform his body yeah. is also a part of that acting that makes it so amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's 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 an element that people don't realize. It, at least I didn't really realize either. But when you, because you don't think about it too much, but when you look at, like you said, Raging Bull, and you look at um, Denzel Washington with the hurricane and. And different things like that, you think, wow, like these guys not only had to act like this person, but they had to physically be this person, sound like this person. That's why a lot of actors um, in a good amount of bi- uh, biofilms, they decide they don't want to try to sound like the person they're portraying. It's just it's it's a lot, especially when they have. Well, when the when when somebody has a specific voice like um 
in Capote and such, when they have that distinct voice, you kind of have to, you you have to mimic it, you know. But yeah. in other ones, they decide I, I can't go down that path. You know what I mean? Like I can't try to sound like this person, and then try to transform my body like this person in regards to sports. No, I, I agree. I think it's the bond. The sports. Getting physical is not easy yeah. for any actor. I mean, it's not easy for regular people. So of course, it's not easy for actors. But it, yeah, it it's a little act- bit easier for actors because they have you know nutritionists and they have chefs, and then and the, the film is funding their body transformation. I mean, still, when they say, "Hey, <laughs> you got to gain all this muscle mass," it's not like, "Oh, that's easy," you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're skipping the person that that about it's this isn't sports, but this person literally got tone and this is a biopic. And I feel like this was one of my favorite biopics, even though I don't like the person that was portrayed, but the actor killed it. And um, that was what's love got to do with it, I think, with um, Angela Bassett. Yeah. Oh yes, and she oh. got ripped for that role. Like she said, she was in the gym because Tina Turner was had such great oh, arms, yeah. and she said that, and she got ripped. And that wasn't even a sports biopic; that was just a, a, a entertainment biopic. And, and she was ripped. Most for, for important that from that movie, an amazing meme was born from that film. I mean, let's not <laughs> let's amazing. not forget the meme that was born from that movie. I mean, <laughs> come on now, Lord Fishburne. <laughs> His meme is one of my one of my favorites of all time. He still scares me to that day. Like he still, if if, if I don't eat that cake, I'm gonna think that Lawrence Fishburne is gonna come out for me. Lawrence Fishburne, not I turn on Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, who's better? Who has better arms? Angela Bassett playing Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Or Michelle Obama, who has better arms. Oh my God, that's a tough call. But I'm going to say Angela Bassett. <laughs> yeah, and Angela Bassett has has the muscle mass. You know. Wow, I think you guys are really underappreciating Michelle Obama's arms. But okay, no, she's, she's, she's thin a, she's though. She has nice arms. She, her arms are just thin. Yeah. Like they're cut, but they're thin. Angela Bassett's are. arm are built and swole. Oh my God, no woman wants to be described as swole. I'm just saying. I'm just speaking straight facts here. But yeah, but no, um I see here's the thing though. I, I'm not doubting that she put in work to to get her arms to look like Tina Turner's. But there's lots of other movies where they had to transform their body way, way more than her just, you know, doing some yes. curls in the gym. I mean, let's be real here. All right. Well, I mean, what about the work you say that the artists that the actor or actress does, but let's be real, the makeup artist is doing a significant amount of work as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, who, we were discussing the Oscars, and I can't remember, was it Bombshell or forget who won this year, but I remember a few years back, Gary Oldman, you know, he literally just put on a fat suit to play Winston Churchill, and everyone's like, oh, he does an amazing job, he does an amazing job. But I feel like a good portion of the heavy lifting went to makeup. Oh, yeah. He looked completely different. Like, he looked completely different from his normal self, in my opinion. That's a good one. Yeah. The makeup no, no, was, was phenomenal. Nothing like Winston Churchill in real life. For, for the better. Which yeah. Is for the best. Yeah, yeah. No, that one, that one was a really, really good one. I didn't know Goodfellas was a biofilm. 
Yeah, yeah he's really talking about all the shady stuff he did. Oh, wow. And now he's in witness protection and it sucks. I don't know why he thinks we're supposed to feel sorry for him about being in witness protection. I don't know. I feel sorry for the I think that's sometimes. interesting that you bring up um, Goodfellas. And I think the biopics about bad characters can sometimes be the best biopics. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can because because obviously you find yourself rooting for these bad guys, you know. Yeah, it's like when he, when his wife starts like shoving the gun and the money in her drawers, you're like, oh my god, hide that money, hide, <laughs> quick, quick. <laughs> well, listen, let's segue into us talking about some of our favorite biofilms. I already mentioned mm. Malcolm X was was my top film of all time, but Coot, give me. If you can, well, maybe not top three, but just give me three of some of your favorite biofilms that you've ever laid eyes on. Um, I want to say Cinderella Man. Oh, yeah. Good one. Um, there's going to be, let me think, Ray, of course. Ray is probably like my number one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I really, Ray, I really enjoyed Ray. Ray, Ray yeah, I was, I really... when it first came out, I was, I was, I had high expectations, like really high expectations for it, and it met all mine. So that's I, I do like Ray a lot. Yeah, I, I like um, American Gangster going back to the bad guy being <laughs> the main character. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, and I like, I don't even, well, you know, I can't even say them because it's based off of a band, but um, I, I'm going to say <laughs> the five heartbeats. But are, are they based off of another group, or are they based off of like? So yeah, there yeah. is. There's a group. They're based. They show the picture of them. If it is, yeah, uh, of the I group. Forget their name. Is it heart? I don't is know. It what the it is. Yeah, the heartbeats or the heart something. Something heart heartbeats or something. Yeah. So is that is that a biopic then? I think that can be considered, right? It's not what you think. I'm going to consider it. Ray Dots will fall. Oh, 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 oh. That's, <laughs> come on, come on. That's classic. <laughs> classic. Classic Craig. <laughs> All right, Nikki. That's so sad. Nikki, go ahead. Um, give us a few of yours. Well, if we're going to be super loose with. No, we're not going to be super loose. We are. We are because it's art, okay? Art is very subjective. Art. It defies all limitations. Okay, so, it, uh, it, they have to be real people. She gonna say Cinderella. She gonna say Cinderella. She gonna say Snow White. <laughs> well, the five heartbeats technically aren't real people. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, cool. You so might have to give us another one. one. Get 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 your third yeah. film ready. You might have no, to give no, us another. Okay. I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go off of what Kirsten did, and I'm gonna give you a big quasi biographical film. Citizen Kane. Citizen okay. Kane is one of the best films. Always ranked as one of the best films. Okay, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Let's time out. Now, trash. are you doing? Are you ranking this film because you personally enjoyed it, or because it's looked at as being one of the highest regarded movies no, ever? It's it's definitely definitely one of the icon films. I think that you know we grow up hearing about yeah, it. Definitely, but I enjoy this. I think this is one of those amazing films. Okay, it's similar to Godfather in that. When you watch this film, like you know, you're watching fine art, watching yeah. all the shots, the introductions. It's just, and honestly, it's. Lo- I love seeing Orson Welles on screen. You know, as obnoxious as he may have been or was as a person, it's great seeing him in this character in this yeah. role. So I think Citizen Kane. I mean, it's quasi, you know, biographical, 
according to Wikipedia. And it, we all know it's who it's kind of based off one. It's like a mishmash yeah. of hearse and other people. But if we're doing, if, if I can say that she can say the five heartbeats, I can say Citizen Kane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, neither but, um, you can say these movies. Cool. Okay. Give me another well, one. Give it. So going to other people, uh, I think one of the my favorites. I'm trying to. Oh, it's so hard because I, I think of them in categories: so music, sports, yeah, politicians, all the random things in between, actors. Um, probably just I have to go. I don't know. I have to go with the basics of this. And with sports, I would have to give it to Raging Bull. You know, not she's only giving us hard classics because they're classics for a reason, right? <laughs> so you talked about physical transformation. Yeah, his body goes from you know cut. I'm a boxer killing people and knocking out my own life to I'm a fat slob cracking jokes. Yeah. You know, and then the supporting cast is amazing. It's amazing. We get to see Pesci. You know, it's just a phenomenal story. So that in of itself, I think, is very much worthy of recognition. There's a reason it's a classic. Yeah. You know, I know it's maybe an easy pick, but yeah, easy pickings here. Easy pickings. It it is. I'm going to pick I'm going to pick some some films that aren't maybe not are necessarily classics, but I just enjoy these movies so much. So I'm not going to say Malcolm X. You already know. Everyone knows Malcolm X is my favorite movie of all time. But I'm going to say The Last King of Scotland. That movie had me on the edge of my seat. I'm talking up and down, pacing the room. That I love movies that really get the juices flowing, and that movie did it for me. Um, I'm gonna also say uh, the King's uh, speech. Oh, very love nice. that movie so much. I can watch that movie over and over again. Um, you know those movies that that do a good job of making you feel embarrassed for the character. <laughs> that oh my movie gosh. does it. That movie does it to a T. What a phenomenal movie. And then um, just to piggyback off the movie that Ku said, because I just enjoyed this movie. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, Cinderella Man. That movie mm. is just, oh, uh, yeah. if it's on, if that's one of the movies that if it's on, I, I don't care what's going on. I'm, I have to watch it. I have to watch See, it. You know what? Now I'm, I'm hearing some of your picks. Like, I, I didn't think of the King speech as a biopic. Right. Mm. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were discussing before. Like some of these movies are showing people's whole lives. Citizen Kane. Yeah. Right. And then some of these picks are just some of these movies are just kind of showing periods of their life. Yep. Or just similar aspects of their lives. And I think it's kind of hard because, you know, and this is the thing with biopics, probably why actors love them, because they all tend to get this is when where actors get their, you know, Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. But also, these are really just historical dramas. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why, you know, the huge overlap. Because w- when you were discussing um, Cinderella Man, you know what I instantly went to? Hotel Rwanda. Oh, a what film. a movie. What a movie. A phenomenal movie. And that also tells, you know, the story of a real person. So You know what's crazy but, in that movie, that too? The crazy thing about that movie is that was my first. I, I'm a visual person, so mm-hmm. I heard about the tribal wars between the Hutus and the Tutsis and stuff. And um, but I, yeah. but once I but once I saw that movie, it's just like wow. I put it into its perspective. And then when I traveled to Kenya and actually met 
actually met children that that were the results of of those tribal wars. They came out of it. They made it out of it as young as young young kids. It's like wow, like this is insane. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just it really puts it into perspective. Like seeing it, hearing about it, and then seeing it on screen, and then actually going to Kenya and seeing refugee boys and girls from that mm-hmm. time. It was just like wow, like that movie. Yeah, that, that's that's a crazy one. I forgot to mention some that I that I really really like. Um, that I guess. I don't know. They're not. They might not be that that big, but they are to me. Um, it's I Tanya. Like, oh, Tanya. you're so good to me. Yeah, <laughs> and the pianist, which he won. Um, yeah, we yeah, won, yeah we, won. we we talked about that a little bit. I love yeah. that movie. That's that's probably. Um, I think that one is in my top three best Holocaust movies. Oh my gosh, we have a category. Yeah, I mean, come on now. We got slavery movies. We can have Holocaust movies. Oh my gosh! Pianist is up oh, there. I'm gonna put obviously Schindler's List, Pianist, and then a movie that I think is so underrated that I love so much, Defiance. Those three movies. If if anyone wants to get a feel of how the Holocaust was, I don't know why you would, but if you did, watch those three films. Okay, I don't know how many people feel in that mood, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. That that's a hard watch. All that's three hard. of them are hard watches. Well, I mean, we've we've mentioned um, biopics, and I think we're a little, you know, we tend to think of people who we can we look at pictures from, and we can say, oh yeah, this is definitely how their life was. But then you have to think of all those biopics about people who we have things in their life, but we don't have pictures and things. I'm thinking about uh, Amadeus. That was a huge movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we really don't know how he was. Yeah. But um, we don't know that was truly the inner life of. Mozart, but then also, I mean, technically, it's a biopic, The Passion of Christ, right? So, oh my gosh, The Passion of Christ, <sighs> right? Those are those are biopics. I mean, I think those are kind of harder to judge in some regards because I don't know what Mozart was like. Yeah, and I think those because they're so far in the past, they don't have to hold to the history. So much. I mean, how many Jesus movies have we seen that are like, hmm, is that how that went? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a little harder to judge, I think, but they're biopics nonetheless. Yeah. Well, so is, is is Elizabeth, and you know, I love, I love oh. Elizabeth. I love all two or three of those movies yeah. <laughs> with Kate Blanchett. Yeah, uh, there's a particular yeah. scene from the Golden Age when she's when her, I think what was her lady in waiting has gotten, like, knocked up by the dude she kind of likes. She just, like, <laughs> screaming at her, and she says one of my favorite lines, which I will not repeat, but I'll paraphrase. She said, my female dogs wear my collar. And at that moment, I thought, is this really what Elizabeth said? Female dogs? Yeah, <laughs> what would they say? Female dogs? What she was said, the word she my, actually used? Think of the cinnamon for female dogs. I can't think of it. I need you to say it. Oh, B? I'm a bad B? <laughs> As she's slapping someone in the back of the head. And I thought, this is a historical movie. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you take liberties and the people aren't, you know, you can't interview her. Well, I like to mention, um, obviously, uh, we are African-American, so I definitely want to pay homage to all the amazing black biofilms out there. Um, One that just came out, uh, I think. Did you guys see Harriet yet? 
Oh, Harriet. No, I have not seen Harriet yet. I watched Harriet and I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, And it, you know, when you watch movies like that, I thought I knew all the, the important parts of Harriet Tubman's life until I watched that movie. I was like, wait, this is real? I had to Google it? Hold up. Is this true? And it, it was all true. So, that movie that's that's amazing. Uh, Antoine Fisher. Um, well, Coop mentioned Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Uh, what else we got here? Uh, we also have Little Richard. I thoroughly enjoyed Little Richard. Um, I, I don't know. I I, I like that. It, it it came out a while ago, um, but I thought it was a good you know biofilm. Yeah, I mean, I think we have bios that are coming out all the time. Essentially, if we're if we're depending on how loose we're being with the term, there's movies about true stories all the time. Yeah. Um, one of one that I know is very underrated. Again, it's hard to say is it a bio film, but if we're just talking about one segment of someone's life, then um, the movie they I believe that was 2012, Jack Black and uh, Bernie. Oh, okay. That movie, you know, I I, I haven't I seen that in a while. It. I gotta rewatch that. I, I heard about that movie and I was like, you know, it's Richard uh, Linklater, and he's become I don't know more well known, I guess, as a director. Mm. But and I had finally seen it like two years ago, and it was so funny. If you like Fargo, if you like anything like that, it's such a good film, yeah. and it's a biopic that's, you know, it's unlike all the other ones that are very dramatic, you know. And very like do or die, life or death. I mean, there's death in this, but this one's a very fun and lighthearted approach. Mm. And one thing I like about it is it includes real people yeah. in it. Yeah. Kind of blurring the lines between, you know, is this purely a fictional film or is this a documentary? I think that's becoming more popular. You saw that in the movie uh, Animals. Did you guys see Animals? It came out a few years ago. No, I didn't see it. About, about the students in Kentucky who stole. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that. so and that incorporated the real people into the movie. So it's like you know, it's documentary slash biopic slash what are we doing? And I kind of like those. I think they're a new way to kind of update and freshen up the biopic genre. Yeah, yeah. Well, also um, worth mentioning uh, the Jacksons and American Dream. Oh dear. Gotta throw that in there, you know, as a biofilm. Uh, it is the story of the late great Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. Now, was that a miniseries? What was that? What was that anyway? Uh, it was a movie that I just remember being really long, and BET played it all the time. Well, BET, BET has 30, uh, 45 minute long commercials, so that's why it seemed long to you no no really bet and mtv when they played movies back in the day i don't know if it's still like this now because i do not watch either of those networks at all but i know when i was younger bet and mtv had the longest commercials known to man you could be watching a movie movie commercials come on and you could go make a make food you could go run errands to the store come back and then you may be able to catch it when it comes back so that's probably why it seemed that long to you. <laughs> Look, I just need us to discuss the worst ranking biopics because I have three or four in the clutch and ready to go. Because <laughs> there's, so, I've seen so many that are trash. <laughs> oh, please, please, are you going to come for a Academy Award winner? Um, what's her name? The girl who cries her way throughout this biopic. 
No, I I, I, I can give you my four. I, go for it. I'm gonna give you my four. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What you got? Okay. Number one, Jay Edgar with oh Leonardo DiCaprio. It just ended oh up being a gay movie. So <laughs> listen, I, I like Leo. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak bad about uh-huh. Leo. I like Leo. Okay, but that's number one for me. Number that was two, a, that was a disappointing film. Yeah, overall, yeah. it kind of went nowhere. Yeah, and then number two is Evita with Madonna. She was playing Eva Lagon or whatever like that. Oh my um, god, that movie was so bad. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. Did you get through it? I couldn't. No, I didn't. No, I turned it off. <laughs> um, and then Ale. Oh my gosh! Stop <laughs> it! You knew that was coming. Stop it! Trash! Stop it! Garbage! Um, and then the last one is Steve Jobs, the, the 2015 version. With really, um, we I fell asleep in the theater. That's how bad it was. And then I woke up and Steve Jobs was like dead. So and I was happy about it. Spoiler so it alert! Just, oh, my god. oh my god! You were not happy about that. Oh I was happy that it was gosh. over. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Can I tell you one of the worst um, biopics that I've seen? Since we're, you know, going on the positive topic. What? Um, Alexander. <laughs> Which one? Did anyone see that? Alexander. Colin Farrell was like, you know, famous, and he done a lot of great movies, and I guess this was supposed to be the big historical movie for him. <laughs> yeah. And oh, you want to talk about dull? I don't know how you make Alexander the Great's life dull. I mean, it's battle after battle, murder, intrigue, traveling, exotic places, marrying a ton of people, and yet it was, oh my gosh, I wanted to sleep. I, I did go to sleep. It was so bad. It was and that bad? Also, yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. And also, Colin Farrell with blonde hair was very disturbing. Mm, very. I can imagine. Well, I heard that, um, I didn't see it yet, but I heard that that movie Mercy was wildly disappointing. Did any of y'all see that yet? No. I heard it was bad. I heard it was really bad. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm not one of these people that think, um, what's his name, is a good actor. He's not a good actor to me. Michael um, B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Why do you, why do you continue to insult him? I'm really, listen, I, I, I want to like Michael B. Jordan. I really do. And you know, I do like Michael B. Jordan. I just think he's so overrated as an actor. It's mind blowing, mind blowing. I think everyone's just so caught up in, you know, he's attractive and all that stuff, which is great, all good for you. He's not talented to me. His acting skills just aren't. Do y'all think he's that good of an actor? I think he's wonderful as Kill Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I enjoy. Okay, in the Marvel world, <laughs> fine. I'll give it to you in the Marvel world. Wow, I don't like we're, this Disney. We're Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Fruitvale Station? You you didn't like that? No, it, it's not that I didn't like the film. The movie was good. The story was obviously you know true story, and the story was you know heartbreaking. But and he did good in it as that guy. But when I think about actors, and I know we discussed this before, I want to get lost in the role. Like I, every time I see him on screen, I don't think his character. I think, oh, that's Michael B. Jordan playing some dude. You know what I'm saying? And like I just. He's just, I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy, but, you know, he's just <laughs> wildly wow. overrated to me. I Everyone's a critic. <laughs> no Michael B. Jordan slander. I mean, is he a top-notch, like, Juilliard actor? Is he a yeah. thespian? But is he a thespian? No. 
Whoa, what? why are we coming for him like this? We're not coming for him because I love him. Okay. But okay, think of think think about Paul Walker or uh Don't do that. Keanu Reeves. Like Whoa. we like we these guys. You know what I mean? These We're guys right. are great. Awesome guys, good guys. But are we talking about really good actors? I mean, come on now. Paul Walker, Keanu Reeves, Michael B. Here. Jordan, they can all be put in a box and put in a corner over there. I don't, I, think, I don't, what? No. I think you just lost like half our sitters by saying Keanu Reeves. Okay, I like Keanu Reeves, but do you look at Keanu Reeves and go, what an amazing actor? Come on now. How did we get here? I mean, what? You, so so now, you, you put Keanu Reeves, Reeves up there? I don't understand. You put Keanu Reeves up there as as your top thespians, Nikki? No one said he has to be our top thesbian. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, I like Keanu Reeves. I like I him, like too. Michael I like Jordan. all these guys. I, I enjoyed them in film. I don't I don't see them as being lesser than them. I don't know what box we're putting them in. You want to put them in? Listen, but, listen, listen. We all have right? those movies that, like we talked about in episode one, those movies that the acting wasn't that good, but the story was amazing. Yeah, I think of I think of the Matrix and uh, Wait, Hardball. you didn't like the acting in the Matrix? I didn't like Keanu Reeves acting. No, he was horrible. What? He was atrocious. How Keanu was he Reeves horrible? did horrible. He did horrible. Keanu Reeves is a horrible actor. I, I'm not. There's Whoa. no way around it. He's terrible. I completely disagree with you. The story. I think you're getting lost in how cool the story and the effects were. That was awesome. That was legendary. How that was, he was classic. A horrible actor. Keanu Reeves? Did you watch Hardball? Yeah. You you think his acting is what? Top notch, grade A? What would you give his acting? <laughs> I enjoy his acting. I think that he's often Great his acting. Great great his acting. Definitely No, he I think he's definitely someone who can overact. Mm. Like um Nicolas Cage in a similar sense. Nicolas Cage can be really good in the film and fit it right and then he can like overdo it and go full Nick Cage. And I think Keanu Reeves is definitely one of those people. Um you see him in I mean that god awful performance in Dracula. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. But I think with the right role, The Matrix was definitely one of them. I think he's a good actor. I don't know why we're insulting him. I like him. Okay, g- give me overall in his body of work grade Keanu Reeves. You got what? What type of scale are we doing? Are we doing? We're a, doing a B, normal school scale. Yeah, you got uh, A, B, a- C, D. You could do pluses if you want, minuses. Go ahead. I like. I think he plays a very good character actor. I would give him A plus for character acting. No, no, Nikki. Listen, overall, not just character acting. What, what do you We're want talking me to say? body of work. We're talking body of work. He's been. I don't know. I really enjoy some of his movies. Some of his other movies, I think, are silly. I love Speed. I can't get through Point the Break. Acting. The, the Matrix acting. is the best. John Wick is great. Ronan Forty Seven is trash. I mean, he's a very variable actor. Again, he can be completely hammy, and it's a joke, or he can just be kind of fun, and it fits the role. Okay, give me give me that grade. I need to hear that grade for acting. So what are we doing? A, B, C, D, E? Yes. I mean, what are we doing? A, B, C, D, F. Oh, my God. F. Oh, jeez. Um, I guess F is just a horrible actor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would give him a solid. I would give him a B. I would give him a solid B. B wow. minus or? Yeah. I, I think he's. Wait, say what? B minus or what, what are we talking? What kind of B are we talking here? <laughs> so B plus, B, B minus. What are we talking here? I, I don't know, 
<laughs> me? I don't know. What Rangers are being now? <laughs> yeah, grades grades uh, change depending on what state you're in. When we were in school, yeah, I, at 85 was the low. 85 was a B minus. Yeah, it was the lowest B you could. Yeah. 92 was you just got a B. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> but then other people, they, they get that 90% and that's an A. So I don't Which know is, what grade uh, yeah. scale were you yeah. What grading skill? And they get that is 80, 81, and that's a math? B. If an 80 or an 81 was a B, oh, I'd be a straight B student. You, you still be getting C's. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You would not be a B student. You'd be a solid C student. All right, whatever, whatever. Let's 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 get into the closing topic here. Enough insult mm-hmm. of the hostess with the mostess. Uh, where do oh, you don't guys come see? Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Where do you guys see the future of biofilms going with the climate of how movies are nowadays and the climate of, you know, writers are doing amazing, but stories are few and far in between. Original stories, I should say, are few and far in between. Mm. I see them doing good, but you know what I've noticed? This might sound really, really bad, but I need everyone involved that's going to be in the biopic, like the main person or the ensemble. I need them all to be dead. <laughs> like, I just, wow. I just really, really bad. But I'm yeah. thinking of um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, the, the new one that that came out um, that, that we that we mentioned, uh, Rocket Man. When you have the main person that's like dictating things and they're heavily involved, Ooh. you're not going to get like the gritty. That you know what I mean, like. Like the, I don't know, just a different angle. I feel like it gets so, it's tilted. Like when Ali played Ali, like it was like, <laughs> come on, like you're you you know what you're That's getting here. You're you're getting what they want you to say. Yeah. Whereas if the person's dead or not involved at all, um, like in Judy, right? I think Judy or Rudy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> Judy. Wow. Um, nobody like her camp was involved and you know, I just feel like it's better. That's <laughs> a good point. You know what? I'm thinking uh, my, when you were talking, my mom only went to one. I'm thinking American gangster um, and then doing Frank Lucas. He was, and he was alive. Or you also, you got um, one of your favorites, Ray Charles. Ray was alive, but he was like really old. I don't think he had enough power to really tell them. Well, I don't want that to be portrayed. It's like, all right, go wheelchair your way out of here. But um, wow. But I, I kind of do agree with that though, just because at least for me, I think it makes the film better if they were such the person that they're portraying was such an amazing, you know, part of history, and they're gone now, so you can kind of relive their life. You know what I mean? If the person's still here, it's like, well, they're still kicking. You know what I mean? It's like, all right. I, I know they did some amazing things, but they still around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's wait to you know, the Lord calls them home, and then wow. a few years after that, then let's <laughs> let's a few years after that, then let's remember them in amazing Hollywood film. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Not every biopic needs to be this gritty, true. You know, they they have different flavors. They all come in different flavors. Um, I Tanya, we were talking about that. They're both very much alive um and i think it's better for it i i do think that you know some biopics the family or the person and is has their hand way too in it yeah, we talked about bohemian definitely. rhapsody queen was literally all over that movie to the point where they had issues and you know 
Sasha Baron Cohen had to exit the project because the band was saying, we don't want to go where he wants this to go. We want it to be more fun than anything. So I, mm. I think people being there can sometimes make it more authentic, though. Because if not, then you're literally just going off of one person, somebody's interpretation of that character. Well, no, not and necessarily. I, you're going off of many people, depending on how, no, you know, depending I mean, on how old the person is. No, 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 no. It depends on who's making the film. Because with certain films, they consult the family. Certain films do not, and they don't care what the family has to say. Yeah. Some people look, they base it off of their idea of who this person is. You get this a lot with political things. And then other people, they base it off of what people have told them. I mean, we just had a movie, Vice. Do you think they got uh, his family on board for that? (laughs) I mean, we know how Vice went down. That was very much Adam McKay. You know, it was a very political film. What about that? What about that R. Kelly documentary? You think they got his his family on board with that? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They got they got somebody to say that. You know, (laughs) but what I'm saying is, it's you can't necessarily say the family's on board is going to be bad. At the same time, you can't say the family or the person's on board it's going to be good and authentic. Mm. You know, people remember things the way they want. A lot goes into a biopic. Sometimes, like in a film like Vice. You know, Adam McKay had something to say about the Republican, you know, vice uh, vice president. And he wasn't going off of what Cheney was saying. He was going yeah. off of what he thinks about Cheney. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's, you know, it can kind of go either way. It all It's all the minds that are involved in the project and how, what they really want to do with that biopic. Well, I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't say the Irishman or, or did you or did you say that? Oh no, I didn't I didn't I didn't mention it, no. That's interesting. That's an interesting one based off of the character's book. I, yeah, I always think of that more of a mob film, but it is based off of a real person saying he, he killed Hoffa. Yeah. No, I I mean, you know, I love it, it's not right now it's not one of my favorites. You know what I mean? But it's definitely up there. I enjoyed the film immensely. But but where do you guys think the biofilm genre is headed. You think we're at a? You think we're going to a good place, or what do you think? Um, you know, I think we're we're always going to have the biopic, right? As long as there are humans, we're going to be telling stories about those humans. Mm. Um, I I like I like films that kind of open it up when it's not just about political figures or entertainers. I do think that kind of gets old very quickly. Mainly because it has those similar tropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, traumatic childhood, fame, problem with fame, drugs, fall from grace, recovery or no recovery. You know, we all seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that gets trite. So when I look at the future of biopics, I think, you know, it's always going to be around, right? People want to see the history. People, actors love taking these roles. It's going to get them a nomination. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it all depends on it all depends on the person that they're you know that they're telling a story about. Uh, was the person loved by most, cared by by most? And or no, just not even love, but like an interesting enough story. Yeah, I yeah. Don't think people love going back to life. I don't think people love um, you know Cheney, but it was a big enough thing to get the attention of people. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think. I would like also, also, it has to do with who plays that person as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, the actors that's in it plays a huge part in 
oh, you know what I mean? I really want to go see that, or that's going to end up being really good because they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I agree. I agree. I think I want to see more biopics that are kind of off the beaten path. We've seen so many of them that I feel like it needs, it's a feel, it's a genre that I would like to see refreshed. Yeah. You know, new takes. Like I said, American Animals, where they had the real people in the in scenes, not just, you know, as little extras, but, you know actually doing things so it's i think it's gonna always be there i just want to see it kind of freshened up yeah yeah no i totally agree well listen guys that was an amazing episode uh this was episode three of the shape of film we hope you guys enjoyed the show um we're gonna try to we're still deciding on um how often we want to post because um, I am located in Atlanta and my sisters are located in Philadelphia. So we're still deciding on how often we're going to post, guys. But um, this was episode three. My name is Brandon. This is where y'all say that. <laughs> my name is Nicole. Mm-hmm. And my name is Kirsten at Bite My Heat Bar. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.